Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm doing the show tonight with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Say hey, kids. Hey there. Hey, kids. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the civility and the politics and uh, how everything is just looking better and better every day in terms of uh, you know uh, political unity and fellowship and uh, just the whole state of democracy here in the United States and in the world at large. Or maybe not. Anyway, um, if... I was going to say, oh my God, Michael, did you watch the news this week? You're being sarcastic. (laughs) Sorry. Very very much so, I'm afraid. Sorry. Um, Yeah. So uh, if uh, you'd like to get in touch with us, we do love to hear from our listeners. And uh, you can do that in a few ways. Uh, We're still keeping an eye on Twitter, at CivilPoliticsFM. Uh, if another social media site that has that kind of ease of access and, and anybody can look at it from anywhere kind of thing, maybe we'll go there. Um, but at the moment, the other place you can find us is facebook.com slash civil politics radio, or you can just email contact at civil which has recordings of previous episodes of the show and other things too. And that's, yeah, that's probably the best place to find us and to reach us. So, yeah. So uh, speaking of watching the news and uh, maybe to some extent making the news, uh, I couldn't bring myself to watch the town hall, the CNN town hall with former President Trump. Uh, I just I I probably should have uh, getting ready for the show. In fact, I definitely should have getting ready for the show. But I just I don't know. Maybe it's my allergy season. Maybe it's a lingering stomach bug from my time in Mexico. But I just uh, couldn't make myself do it. So uh, I haven't done the homework. But Sue, you always do the homework. So can you can you save me here? <laughs> can you bail out, can you bail oh, out this lazy lefty with a little right wing rigor? <laughs> I don't blame you for not watching at all. I know. I know. Genre probably watched more of it than the average person. Yeah, I did. Uh, it was not great. He, mm-hmm. oh, and it was, it was horrifying from beginning to end, probably what CNN intended because it was kind of a spectacle of lies. And, mm. and, and I'd forgotten how, how awful Trump is. And I'm a Republican. I just yeah. couldn't believe it. <laughs> he just, it, it was, you know, and it was my, my duty to watch it. And actually I was quite yeah. interested to see how the moderator, a woman dressed totally in white, very articulate, very quick a, on the facts. She definitely had done her homework. Uh, was it the 2018 state of the union address when all the women in Congress wore white to, uh, you know, calling back to the suffragettes? I guess, or maybe just above reproach, you know, but she was good. She had, she knew her facts and she, she called him on stuff constantly, but it still wasn't enough. I mean, he's, he just, Hmm. you know, he just, he just, it just went on and on and the crowd, they, they allowed him to handpick the crowd. I guess CNN also picked some of the crowd, 
And they didn't show the crowd enough because sometimes when they'd show the crowd, you could see that there were only like mostly the men were clapping really loudly and cheering. And there were a lot of people sitting there and the few scenes that they really showed the whole audience, it seemed like the women weren't really applauding. There were a lot of young people there too, who, you know, who knows what their politics are. I mean, they were all Republicans, likely Republicans had voted for Trump or hadn't voted yet because they were young, but it was, uh, it was like one of those spectacles with people watching the Christians get eaten by the lions. I mean, he just whooped up the crowd and um, I'm not sure. I mean, one of the questions for me is why did, why did CNN do this? You know, are they trying to get that viewership? Are they trying to get, you know, I mean, people that really like Trump to watch? Yes, that is absolutely 100% one of the one of their principal motivations. Uh, you know, why did CNN give Donald Trump so much free press time uh, in 2015 An and, and 20 well, and 2015 yeah. and 2016? Why? Because it was good for ratings. People tuned in and watched to sort of see the car crash. And so I understand the logic of that, you know, like, hey, we're going to do this thing and it's going to get us good ratings. And I believe the new head of CNN, uh, Chris Licht, uh, has made it clear that he would like to, to get more committed Republicans watching CNN again. Um, yeah, which, I, get their I wonder what the ratings were for this. I, I haven't seen anything on that, what the ratings yeah, were for last for uh, Wednesday night. I don't know if they're available yet, though. It'd be cool if they are. Um, I don't know. If they are If they are available, I'm sure John will, will let us know. But uh, Well, and Trump it, will be touting them. <laughs> yeah. If he thinks they're good enough. You know, if they're not, he won't talk about them. Um, well, no, he'll just pretend they were different than they are. He, well, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Either he won't mention it or else he'll talk about how good they were. Uh, the um, – the, the town hall drew 3.3 million viewers Wednesday night. That's Making, good numbers for cable news. Well, that made CNN the most watched cable news network of the evening, according to Nielsen. So, sure. Neil, but the thing is, um, Nielsen might not count online viewers. So it might be more. Oh, right. I would um, I would imagine it's probably more people watching clips later because that's um, increasingly yeah. how a lot of people do it. Exactly. But just, you know, Nielsen well, says more than other... three million people tuned in to watch it happen live, streaming into their eyeballs. That's that's big numbers for CNN. Uh, I would say I would I would put that number at like three point five, three point six. Then um, just uh, with online viewership, because I, I bet a lot of people. But yeah, um, three point three million viewers. On Wednesday night, and CNN was the most watched cable news network of the evening. That is yep. from Axios, and I'll be posting that in the comments. Oh, interesting. Well, I so well a lot of. Go ahead. I was going to say a, there were tons of clips late last night. I stayed up fairly late to see what people said about it, and um, I have to say that there were a lot of clips, especially early, early this morning that the other stations were playing, especially when he called the uh, moderator a nasty woman, which of course got, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of raised eyebrows because she was basically well, pressing him but the on crowd facts. Loved it. And, and, um, and also, well, she, 
she looked at him. She wasn't flustered by it, but she 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 continued her question and said, "That's why I asked the question. What's the answer?" She was very she was very good. I didn't. I've mm-hmm. seen her before, but I didn't realize she had that much of uh, uh, presence. But it was pretty good. And also when um, when he said horrible things about E. Jean Carroll, who he just got, you know, he has to pay five million dollars for slandering and and uh, assaulting her. So, and there he was again, <laughs> slandering and assaulting her. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, I don't know if the judge can do anything about that or not once they've. I suppose I could go to court again, but I thought he had a gag order about saying stuff about her. I guess not. Well, the trial's over, so I wouldn't think so. Yeah. You know, I th- I think the point of it would be to like not influence the trial, but you know, that's over. And at this point, you yeah. know, it's going to go to appeal and, and Trump will drag his feet on paying the, on paying as much as po- paying it for as long as possible. And if he, if he can get away with it, he'll, he won't pay a dime, you know, cause that's, that's how he well, operates in Trump, general. Trump so. Trump Tower is in New York, so they can attach Trump Tower. That'll take care of it. <laughs> uh, I collecting. suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It's got to be mean, worth at least $5 million. To... Dollars. <laughs> I, I guess so, especially that uh, gold paint, uh, whatever that is. The gilding? <laughs> Assuming it's actual gold. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so uh, I've seen a number of people... Uh, sort of talking about how the crowd was very much uh, sort of a hometown crowd, very sympathetic to Mr. Trump, uh, uh, basically l- laughing at all his all his witticisms and uh, cheering for his, you know, cheering and booing as he, di- you know, as he directed them to, you know, cheering him, booing the moderator and so forth. Um, and I have seen people compare it to uh, – you know, fascist rallies and whatnot. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's very cult-like. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd compare him, if he, if I'd compare him to the most famous fascist in history, but you know, Trump has long to me evoked Benito Mussolini. Um, you, you know, like. Did he get the trains to run on time? No, he didn't. In fact, in fact, I'm sure Amtrak worked even less well under Trump, just like the post office. Um, here, here's the thing: if you were, if you, you, you've probably seen this movie, Sue, and any of our listeners who haven't seen it, I really recommend Charlie Chaplin's great film. And uh, I don't know if it's his first uh, sound movie, but it's certainly one of the uh, where he talks called "The Great Dictator," and it's a movie he made during the 1930s. Uh, that savagely mocks uh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. And uh, as my mom uh, was fond of pointing out, it took real guts to do that when it looked like the Nazis might actually be about to win, you know? <laughs> so... Um, I actually haven't seen it, although I've heard heard about it. But oh, I haven't ever seen it myself. It's delightful. It. It's, it's really good. And it ends with this very... Uh, earnest, uh, uh, heartfelt speech at the end about, you know, peace and brotherhood and whatnot, which one time I watched it felt incredibly maudlin and, uh, you know, saccharine. And another time I watched it felt just incredibly profound and moving. So, you know, you're, I'm sure, you know, viewers will have their own opinions, but the, this, the thing is like mocking, like there's, there's no need 
to mock Mussolini in the same way exactly, though they do. But just because like if you've ever seen footage of Mussolini at a rally, it's like he's making oh, the fun of go him. crazy. Right. But it's like the his mannerisms. He's his own caricature, you know? Like, you remember that moment where Trump was at, like, I think the NATO conference or whatever, and he shoves through through a few other world leaders and then stops and straightens his jacket like, you know? I don't know if you remember that moment, but like. I don't. I remember that, when Trump did that at a photo op and shoved, I forget which, the guy from Greenland or somewhere. Yes, yeah, yeah. The that's, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know, he shoved like oh, the president of Bulgaria. Yes, that no, I no, remember. he shoved some yeah. some president out of the way or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so another head of state, uh, and it's just, you know, that's Mussolini all the time in these in these rallies. It's just mind boggling. So does it remind you of WWE? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, to some wrestling. ways. Well, to some ways, you know, yeah. That kind of. <laughs> here's here's the thing, WWE. Uh, is not something I'm terribly familiar with. I know John was, knows it far better than I, but I think it would be fair to say- What do you want that, to know? Well, I think it would be fair to say that if one were to watch a WWE performance without the sound on, one could still follow what's going on just as well and catch the emotional beats, which are what it's about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with yeah. the way that um, that it's presented, the uh, it is very emotional and it's very um, the 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 wrestlers are very exuberant, so they really display the emotional beats like very well. So um, especially on their faces, their actions, and you know during the fights and everything. I haven't watched it in years, but I did watch it like a bunch. Right. Um, you know, back when it was WWF. So, uh, yeah, you could you could watch Before it with a certain off and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could um you could probably get what what's uh, going on. And you know, Trump was on WWE a few times. Yeah. So, and WWE for better for better or for worse, and 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 worse actually, I I say arguably could be described as a pantomime, you know, because it's a big physical play, you know, it's. Well, dudes and now women, but, you know, folks, big muscular folks wrestling and tossing each other around and gesturing and posturing and and strutting about and whatnot. Yeah. You know, like I'm it's not a, I'm not trying soap to opera for for dudes. Right. That's what well, it's that's pretty, pretty much what it is. And I'm not in yeah, any way trying to knock them for right. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to knock them for their performances or any of the, you know, for their eloquence or anything else. I'm not trying to be, you know, pejorative. It's just a pantomime. You know, it's like, no, but it absolutely is. I think, like I said, I think in the end, it works as a pantomime in a way that, you know, if you went to see a production of Hamlet, you know, even with like the best cast in the world, like, I think there's going to be a lot of like, wait, what the heck's going on? What? What? He's talking again. I have no idea. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, and it's not like Hamlet's a bad play, but you know, it doesn't work visually in the same it's way. Like yeah. Opera, if you understand the language they're singing in, it helps. So. Oh yeah, yes. absolutely, absolutely. But I got to, I got well, to be opera. honest. <laughs> I got to be honest. I find opera. I've been to the opera. I've been to the New York Metropolitan, and I just, I was just bored. 
because, you know, I can appreciate beautiful music and I recognize that it was beautiful music and that was nice. But in the end, like, you know, if, I'm, if there's storytelling going on, I want to be able to follow the story. And because it was all in Italian, <laughs> you know, it was Verdi. I'm like, I got no idea what's going on. You know, like there she's sad about something and they, I don't know, they like, I guess they they were dating. Are they breaking up now or did they already break up? I'm not sure. You know, you know, Trump, you know, just what he's intimating. Right. Exactly. Well, which believe me, I'd rather watch Verdi. (laughs) I'd rather watch Jesse Ventura or The Rock, I have to say, if you're going to. I'd rather watch watch Jesse Ventura wrestle now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I don't know if he can even walk. I don't know what his physical situation is, but I would much rather watch him do something in a ring now (laughs) than, you know. I, I I am going to, you know, go back and watch a few highlight clips and whatnot just because I feel like I should see these things. But but yeah, it's 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 um I think it's noteworthy that um oh okay, sorry. So you asked me like what was CNN thinking? And you know, John yep. feel free to jump in if you have some nugget of wisdom you want to share. But um I would say that one of the things they were thinking, and and based on what you said, uh, uh, what you told me about Anderson Cooper's little uh, uh, segment uh, today about it, Thursday I would, night. Thursday yeah. night. I would say at least part of what they're thinking is, you know, it's it's not a good thing, but it's a reality that Donald Trump is. Uh, the most popular Republican politician in the United States right now. And if there were Republican primaries across the country right now, Trump would be the nominee. It's that simple. And maybe that'll change over the next year. Could be, but it probably won't. (laughs) And well, and, and if it does, it'll, it'll change in part because of people getting a chance to see him at town hall events like this. Um, and I think that was part of the logic, you know, like, hey, you know, this is Trump where he is. This is where Trump is now. This is what he's up to now. You know, and and you actually mentioned that uh, off air, Sue, just that you were kind of taken aback because you'd kind of forgotten just what Trump was like when he was, you know, off the lead and able to ramble for, for an hour with, you know, a microphone and an appreciative yeah. audience. Well, I've gotten so used to the um, – there's a fellow on Saturday Night Live. Now that there's a writer's strike, they're not on the air right now. But right. The guy oh, I can't remember the fellow's the, name, but he does a great impression of Mr. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I was listening to Trump going, oh, my God, he really does have the cadence right, uh-huh. the, imp- the impersonator. So um, <laughs> so what do you think of CNN? I guess I, I hope they do it for all the other presidential candidates. I hope they give everybody equal time, you know, Dems and – Republicans. So uh, I think just I, Asa I Hutchinson and Nikki Haley are in the race at the moment. So, and Marianne Williamson. Oof. Oh, um, I forget her. Yeah. Yep. She's, and she, Robert she's, Kennedy. Yeah. No. Well, right. And, side. and you know, no, Biden. no disrespect intended to Ms. Williamson, but I think as a presidential candidate, I think it's perfectly fine to forget her. Um, yeah. So, and Robert Kennedy Jr. Was actually. And no, I totally get it. I, I'm not. I'm yeah. not trying to be impugn her, and I know you aren't either. I just don't think. I don't think as a presidential candidate, 
she's worth seri- worthy of serious consideration. Um, though I respect her far more than I do Mr. Kennedy with his whole vaccine denialism shtick. Um, which reminds me actually, kept, uh, pivoting off this a little bit, uh, or possibly a lot, but uh, one of the um, other bits of news coming through this week is the formal ending to the quote-unquote COVID emergency here in the United States, which among other things means that the Title 42 restrictions that were being used to keep people out at our southern border now don't apply because it's only for an emergency. Yeah. And it's like the the emergency's over. So uh, yes. So as as of the airing of this show, it's over. So um, which is which is I think the like the only real upside that I can think of to the whole the COVID emergency is over thing because it's not over. Um, uh, I yeah, don't know. It's a thousand people a day are dying from COVID in the U.S. It's not where it was, and it's not. You know, a lot of people have immunity either from getting it or having vaccinations. But a thousand people a day—that's amazing. That's that's, that's you know, know three hundred. And that that's, was Thursday morning. That's you know over three hundred and fifty million people a year. You know. Uh, could be a lot more, but you know, certainly you have ups and downs. But a thousand people you mean a day. Three hundred fifty thousand. Yes. Uh. uh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Three fifty yeah. million is the population. Well, that would take care of it if we did all <laughs> three hundred fifty million. <laughs> if we all died of COVID, there wouldn't be a problem anymore. Yes. <laughs> but I've often rules kick. Yeah. I've, I've often said, like, the way to solve all the problems on Earth is you kill all the people, so the rest of us can get on with our lives. <laughs> the animals probably all feel that way. I um, my cat does. He'd miss me. <laughs> as long as there's plenty of food left, or we've died in our household, so the cats could eat us. Right? That's the, he, he'd just the like to be able to cats. get outside if that happens. I think. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, if we could return just to um, please, no, go ahead, town hall for a minute. I wanted to sort of end it on a positive note. Um, yeah, there are. Many Republicans that have pushed back in the hours since the Trump town meeting, and they fall into three categories, um, taking offense that Trump thought that we should just give Ukraine to Putin and end the war in 24 hours. Uh, Some of the January 6th stuff, depending on who they are, like Pence, and the debt ceiling where Trump said that we should just default because uh, that'll make the Democrats cave. Um, and it was Tom Tillis and Mitt Romney and Todd Young from Indiana. I, I find that heartening that at least, I mean, some of them are the folks that always speak out, but it was, it was heartening that people actually took offense at what he said. And I, I, you know, we've been here before and then they just disappear into the woodwork when the going gets tough. So somebody's got to, somebody's got to punch Trump in the nose, uh, debate wise. And I don't, I just don't know who can do that. I guess we'll find out if anybody can do it. Well, I think your guy, Chris Christie, uh, honestly, I, I do think he could do that, but we'll A see. A Sicilian if, guy from New Jersey? Yeah, he probably could. Well, I honestly, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when he decided, when he decided to rhetorically murder Marco Rubio, like, you know, there weren't even remains he could identify with dental records. <laughs> it was just over so yeah yeah um, and actually he's half irish so he's got a little irish mafia in him too so 
Right. He's, he's an interesting <laughs> character. Did you see that? You didn't see the CNN special on Ginny and Clarence Thomas. Uh, they, I did they not really, see that. CNN redeemed itself, in my opinion, because that is a really, if you get a chance to see, it's quite the documentary. Uh, you get yeah, a better thank you. sense I, of who they are. I, I will. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I've already heard, even without seeing that CNN documentary, is that uh, uh, Harlan Crow and I think some other rich Republicans have just been sh- showering the Thomases with money, you know, school tuition and housing and vacations and paying for uh, Ginny's job and everything. Uh, so I, yeah, like it's it's a shameful uh, record of just absolute obvious corruption. Um, I don't know if it would qualify as bribery per se, but uh, it's it ought to, my opinion. Yeah. Well, and here's and and here's the thing. And actually, I think I think there was just another ruling from the Supreme Court about a trial in New York along these lines as well. But if you remember a few years ago, former governor of Virginia, I want to say, I think it was Mr. Northam, uh, you know, he was basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the, you know, businessmen would be giving him gifts and for him to be like, Hey, this is my pal, Steve, you know, introducing him at, you know, at uh, having him as a guest at, at official events and introducing him around, but not actually formally saying, I am using the power of my office to do these things to give you state contracts or whatever. And so he was convicted of bribery and the Supreme Court said, look, the statute basically says unless someone gives you a bag of money with a dollar sign on it and you say to a camera, thank you, I am now going to take this and use – you know, and give you, you know, and use the power of my job in an official capacity to uh, reward you with some kind of, you know, official act – uh, it's it it doesn't qualify as bribery, and I think there's been uh, another. I think a couple of uh, uh, New York politicians have been uh, had their convictions overturned as well on the same kind of logic. And uh, well, you know what the church yeah. lady would say on SNL? How convenient! <laughs> how how convenient! Yes, indeed. <laughs> Isn't that that's special? unbelievable? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it absolutely is special um yeah so and and, Where, and where's our sense of ethics i don't know i think it died I, with world war ii yeah well I, I get I, well again and this is one of those reasons one of those differences between the parties like again as i've said many times before in the show i don't want to be like oh the democrats are awesome oh, you know the democrats are okay you know they've got their good moments and there's people in the party i admire and they they do some good stuff but i think one of the reasons why I think of the two major parties in the United States, the Democrats are clearly the better choice in just about every way is because there are actually people in the Democratic Party with ethics who, you know, who enforce standards. I mean, I'm not saying that, like every Republican is corrupt, but I uh, think Raffenberger did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I not trying. I'm not trying to to crap yeah. all over every single person with an R after their name. What I am t- saying though is that you know, well, all right, so. Uh, George Santos, that punchline of a congressman from New York, I think they filed 13 charges for uh, fraud and money laundering, <laughs> you know, yep. for just just yep. absolute financial improprieties. And he's pled not guilty. And as far as I can tell, the Republicans in the House are sticking by him. 
They aren't like, yeah, maybe you should go home until this is over. You know, and well, I just McCarthy McCarthy said one, he wasn't gonna support him in a reelection, which is you know, milk toast. But they're also waiting well, and, until and a he's problem for next found year. guilty. Yeah. yeah, and found guilty. I I understand McCarthy needs the vote, so I don't. You know, a lot of people are like done with him. So I, done with him. I beyond I, done with him. I agree, including and the Republican I, Party in New York. <laughs> and I may be giving Nancy Pelosi too much credit, but I think that if the situation were reversed and it were the Democrats, she'd expel him. She well, she would certainly say, "You're not on Let's any committees anymore. Go home." You know, like we won't well, formally he's not on any committees. He got taken off the committees. Right. So, but I, I think I, they, they might go for expulsion, but I think they'd certainly be like, look, just go home. You're not, you're not welcome in the house anymore. Like, we're not going to undo the election of the people of New York while you sort this out, but you're, you're, you're done, you know? And if you had, you know, we're going to do everything we can to sort of pressure you into resigning. You know, and then if more stuff came out, then they might actually expel him. So. Yeah, I think I think they will if he's found guilty, which he should be, because they they have him dead to rights. From it what certainly I seems that way. So. But again, let's actually have a trial before we deliver a verdict. Right. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm with you. I agree with you. I'm just you know <laughs> we're covering our butts. But anyway, speaking of covering our butts, we are actually at the halfway point of the show, so we're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. But don't go away. We'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still doing the show with John and Sue. And uh, actually, a little correction, because I, I, uh, I, I think I wasn't uh, entirely clear on uh, the COVID mortality numbers. John, you actually looked to the CDC for that for us. Correct. So. Um, I was actually wrong, because I said 1,000 a day, but... It's off by a factor of seven. <laughs> it's more and like I, a, I like a thousand a week. Um, going yeah. by it, it, going back the next the last few weeks, it, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's more like seven hundred to to a thousand a week. 
uh, for COVID deaths. But it was significantly say, higher earlier in the year. Like like yes, in January, uh, I think it was like over 3,000 a week. So. Uh, for, uh, folks, 3.8,000, yeah. Yeah. So the folks on CNN, I have to say, I took notes very carefully because I do. So they yes. misspoke because they said it was a thousand a day. So that's why you can't believe the news these days. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just read the cue card wrong. And of course, I wrote it down. So yeah. there you go. But anyway, thousand a week, still a significant, you know, 52,000 a year. So anyway, assuming it holds mistake, steady so. at this level, uh, as I mentioned earlier this year, it was nearly four times that. So, you yeah. know. Which I mean, if if it if we our yearly average will obviously fluctuate, but if it goes, if it spikes again later this year, uh, you know, and we average you know two thousand a week for the course of the year, that's another hundred thousand dead people, and that's mm. worse than a really bad flu season. So, and um, do you remember last year that we were doing pretty well, and then it spiked at July fourth, right after July fourth? Everybody went yeah. out. Was that yeah, last that year or the year right. before? Yeah, I can't it, remember. It spiked in, they do when blur. everybody got together. Yeah, that's when it spiked again. Well, and that's one of the things uh, that I think is um, that I think is getting getting lost is, uh, yeah, we're not in the same position that we were. We're we're not in the same kind of emergency that we were three years ago in May of twenty twenty. We have vaccines, you know, uh, far fewer people are getting sick and exposed. Uh, We do have some effective treatments now. Uh, We have plenty of uh, PPE for people working in hospitals, but we're still, it's still killing a significant number of people. Um, And in the U.S., we still have uh, a very serious lag in vaccination rates. And also, there are still uh, millions of people in the United States with uh, pre-existing health problems and uh, uh, compromised immune systems who are still at significant risk from COVID. Uh, you know, uh, someone who's still youngish, middle-aged, but in decent health like me, was fully vaccinated, like, I'm not super worried when I head out the door and, you know, pop into the CVS for two minutes to pick something up. But, you know, when I, uh, when I go to a, uh, you know, go out to say, when I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, hopefully later this week, uh, I'm going to wear a mask the whole time I'm in the theater. Because, you know, I'll be in an enclosed room with possibly quite a lot of other people for a couple of hours. So yeah, I'll be wearing an N95 mask. Because... You know what's... It's safer for them and it's safer for me. And who knows? You know what else? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know what also ends um, this week with the ending of the COVID-19 emergency orders? Uh, That if if you have insurance, if you have Medicaid, Medicare, veterans, you can still get uh, the vaccine. But for people with no insurance, it's not going to be free. Oh. That because the government has been, you know, buying buying vaccines and giving them to all these locations, and so that's going to dry up, and the kits are starting to dry up too. The test kits, although if you have insurance, it'll be paid for. But if you don't have insurance, which is a lot of folks, especially folks that are undocumented, 
There will be, you know, there's not going to be all the free vaccines that there have been in the past. It may start up again, but it's going to, it's going to pause. Right. And um, the, the undocumented people or other uh, people living in the United States, and again, we're focusing just on the United States because, you know, it's not like the rest of the world doesn't have these problems and doesn't have to deal with COVID. But uh, here in the United States, uh, the people who are slipping through the cracks of our health insurance system are just as likely to get sick and and spread COVID, including nasty new variants that we uh, that are getting around our vaccines and are harder to treat. You know, that's still happening. That's still a problem. Yeah, there's, like, there, there's one in India. I think uh, a couple of weeks ago there were 148 cases of something, and it affects the fetal brain. And, you know, the CDC is watching all this stuff, just trying to keep an eye on it. But, yeah, the, if you've been getting free free vaccines, you know, you may want to um, check your insurance or check with your doctor. Right. And what the, what the plan is. As I've said before on this show, I can think of few better uses for public tax dollars than uh, making sure that uh, I don't get some horrible, deadly disease by making sure that everybody can get uh, uh, free at point of treatment, you know, vaccinations and treatments and test kits and everything. Because, you know, uh, I can speak from firsthand experience and tell you that, uh, you know, you can come from a family with some money and went to all the best schools and whatnot, and that doesn't protect you from health crises. That doesn't protect you from some terrible disease that, you know, kills you. So, uh, well, there's a lot of disparities in the world right now. Yeah. And in the U S and, um, before yeah, we well, went back on the air, weren't we talking about that other topic? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, and we can certainly, uh, I, I don't know if we'll necessarily get to it in this half of the show uh, and, it, and then we may pick it up, uh, you know, next week or in another show, but I am interested in talking about, uh, the, proposal in the state of California for reparations to uh, uh, African-American people living there because uh, it is absolutely something that we should be doing as a, as a, as a society. And if California can sort of get the ball rolling for us, I think that's, that's great. Um, But I, I just, I I don't want to, this is, I I just, I think it's really important uh, because one of the things that I certainly care about, and I think you both do as well, is I care about um, about you know the general welfare, about justice, and everybody in, uh, in you know all human people enjoying uh, a certain safety and certain quality of life and standard of living that we can sustainably provide for everyone. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, we need to change, you know, how our, our transportation system works because we burn too much carbon and we got to figure that out. And that's, that's a big thing and, and whatever. So yeah, maybe we're not all going to have cars in 20 years or even 10, you know? Okay, fine. But, uh, it is within our power right now to provide adequate, uh, health, coverage to provide uh preventive medicine and 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 healthcare and vaccines and everything to everybody in this country 
and whether they are citizens or not. And uh, especially uh, for people who are marginalized, you know, like just because someone's poor and maybe has dark skin, maybe is from, you know, technically a citizen of another country and didn't get a stamp on their paperwork when they showed up here, maybe they don't speak English, you know, they're still humans. And, uh, you know, if it's not enough to say we should look after each other and those humans deserve, you know, health and safety just as much as I do, uh, ignoring their health and safety jeopardizes my health and safety. So I can be a totally selfish SOB and still say, this is something we need to do. And aside from that, there's also, like I said, there's millions of people in this country who have already have their own health crises to manage and they can't afford to go out. You know, they can't risk going out because they could get COVID and die. I mean, that's part of the reason why we are still recording this show over Zoom on Thursday nights instead of doing it live in the studio on Friday. Uh, because, you know, we're worried about, oh, I don't know, getting sick and dying. And that's a legitimate concern for us. So, you know, because we all have our, our health crosses to bear. So it you know, th there's no there's no justice, there's no equity, and ultimately there's no real safety and security so long as we say, yeah, but, you know, those folks in wheelchairs or the, the boys in the bubble or, you know, whatever, screw them, who cares? You know, like it's a pain in the butt to worry about them. So, eh, we'll just carry on as if they don't, as if they're not there. And if they get sick and die, eh, shrug. Like that's, that's not good. On, on on a moral level, on a political level, it's not good for our nation. It's not living up to our values. And it's also uh, uh, potentially incredibly self-destructive. Sorry. So I'm getting off my soapbox. What do you guys think? <laughs> I don't know. I think we have to go to genre for this one if he's up for it. <laughs> what do you What do you want to know? What's up? Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> Mike just makes this impassioned <laughs> soliloquy. He does his I mean, he, he was, I didn't say anything because he was doing pretty well, you know. Well, like, I didn't you. disagree with anything or else I would have piped up. It's like, no, that makes sense. I'm just, I was just like, I was listening. I was like, yeah, we should use money that we have to, because. I, I I actually watch was watching a video about something um financial like some place oh someone was talking about like something like this and they're like oh no they were talking about the debt ceiling and and mm -hmm. the first thing they said was you know money just works on vibes right <laughs> yeah you can't go to the bank and ask for like an a sum of gold or something it works <laughs> on vibes that's what it does. <laughs> mm. So if we vibe hard enough, then we can pay for people to have housing and all that. We can pay oh. people to have to we can pay people to have how we can pay for housing. We can pay for for um food. Like there's a there's a thing in the UN that's that is um that only the US and like like only US and a few other kind of like 
like food is a right. Hmm. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. If we say housing and food is a right, that doesn't mean we have to put everybody in mansions. But yeah, if we have like empty houses all over the place, then we should be able to the government should be able to say this house has been left vacant for X number of time. We're going to buy it at cost from you because you keep holding it and we will put people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if I'm you can't domain. sell the thing, then we're going to take it. You know? You know, I remember hearing Jimmy Carter, this was like 20 years ago or whatever, but he was uh, he was talking about um, a conversation he had, I think, with the, uh, the ambassador from the People's Republic of China. And Carter was remonstrating with him about – you know, terrible human rights violations in China, maybe their treatment of people in Tibet. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, you know, but Carter was hitting uh, the, you know, the, the, the obvious points like you have censorship of the press, you have people imprisoned for their political beliefs or their religion, you torture people, you, uh, uh, you know, execute people with show trials and so forth. You know, you're, you know, you do some really terrible things. You've got, you know, an appalling human rights record. And the guy came back and was like, well, in China, we recognize that housing is a right and the state does its best to provide homes for everybody. How, you know, there are more homeless people living in the United States right now than living in China. And we both know how many more people there are in China than in the United States. And, you know, at the time it was like five to one. And it's like, Okay. And then the guy said, and also there are more people in prison in the United States than in China. And, you know, President Carter was like, well, you know, it's a fair point. I mean, you know, True. like, <laughs> like it, you know, like the criticisms of tyrannical states like, you know, communist China or the Soviet Union back in the day and Russia now, but sure, you know, like, like lots of countries, you know, most of the South American dictatorships that we propped up for decades. Uh, you know, there's there's absolutely valid criticisms to be made of them for basic things like, oh, you arrest and torture people, you, you know, murder people secretly and all that stuff. That's all really, really bad. But, you know, it's a it's a fair criticism for from Cuba to say like, yeah, but we provide health care for everyone. And it's not like we can't do that here in the US. We just don't. Uh, as Carl Sagan once put it beautifully, we are spending our money on the wrong stuff. So yeah, so I guess I guess John agrees with me. So I'm that means I'm right because John Madama said so. It works on it works on vibes. <laughs> money works on vibes. Yeah, that's all it is. It it's yeah. just we want money to be worth this, and that means it's worth this. If there's a formula and everything that that it that we use to determine the value of money, but money, it, like we we can make money whatever we want basically. Uh, if we if we all get together and say this is what money is or this is what people deserve to have, then they will get that. If we really wanted to to have a a social safety net that worked, then we could do that. I all of this that. stuff. I, I want. We yeah, we like, don't want to. We like we like people to have a little skin in the game. Us capitalists. That's no, free market people. Well, I mean, I would say that you believe that, but it's it's I not do. a little skin in the game right now. 
People yeah. don't have a little skin in the game. It's their whole body. Yeah. Because you can't, they, there's no way to hustle enough to buy a house. Like, unless you're like super lucky or live in an area. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> it is It is well, not easy think, to, it like. I think you're right that the numbers are way off. And if I was a real Republican, I'd probably blame Biden. But actually, I'm just going to blame. <laughs> I'll just blame what's, what's happened in the last, you know, 10 years that's really messed it up so that I, I worry very much about my granddaughter being able to, yeah. to you know live live like I lived you know I, I got out of school and I you know could afford an apartment and when things got a little tight I got a housemate mm-hmm. and it was fine I mean I was putting money in the bank and I was making the minimum wage I wasn't making any money and now you can't do that you know you really can't do that the minimum and, wage you, hasn't you gone know. up in decades yeah. It yeah, was tough for me. Recently. It was tough for me oh, 30 federal, years ago. Federal. 30 years ago, yeah, that was that was me. Now. I got out of college and I was, you know, I was waiting tables out of friendlies and, uh, you know, sharing an apartment with a couple of friends. And, you know, it was okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't saving money, you know, but it was, you know, it was manageable. It was okay. But it was 1994, you know, like, like uh, the, you know, making eight to $10 an hour went a lot further in 1994 than it does in 2023. So, yeah. And I was doing yeah. it in 1970 and uh, yeah. I, I could do it. And yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what we lived on, but things were cheaper. So I, sure. you know, I don't want to go there. Well, gasoline was the, 20 the, cents a gallon. Hold on. The hold vibes on. have changed. That's what John was telling <laughs> well, us. One, right. Yes, they have because of Reaganomics. The vibes did change, but it's Oof. not just because things were cheaper. It's because you were paid more. That's also true. You were, everybody was paid more. In adjusted dollars, you were paid more. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I mean, dollars, like yeah. cost. Which is what really matters. To, from cost to income. Literally everybody had a, the minimum wage paid for more things. You could, you could, you could save for college by working during the summer. Yeah. That is impossible. Yep. I put you're, myself through college. You're yeah, yeah. You can't do that anymore. You, you have to have loans and they will, your, your granddaughter, I'm sorry to say, will not be able to live like you. Yeah. Nope. Well, it's and not, again, it, there is no way there, people people that are twenty right rigged. now can't live like you. And I, quote, I got my I, my bachelor. Quote Elizabeth ahead, Warren. I was just saying, I quoted Elizabeth Warren. The, the game is rigged. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It, well, and as it got I, rigged. Yeah, as I've mentioned before, you know, 1992, I got my undergraduate degree from Kenyon College in Ohio, and tuition was twenty thousand dollars that year. Now, thirty years. Well, which was a significant amount of money. You know, thank God my dad worked as a banker. Um, yeah. So it was like not a big problem. But, you know, it was $20,000. Um, now it's like $65,000. Mm-hmm. You know, for and, a semester. Well, for the year. Oh, okay. <laughs> $30,000 for a semester. It's, it's- no, it was $20,000 for the year. No, I mean today. Oh yeah, yeah. Thirty grand, right? Yeah, right. Thirty grand a semester versus twenty thousand for the year when I got my degree thirty years ago, and you know, like, yes, there's been some inflation since then, but you know, a dollar from nineteen ninety four isn't worth you know thirty cents now. You know, like, like it's definitely increased a lot 
further than the rate of inflation. You know, and I really enjoyed my time in college and I, I, I thought it was valuable and I actually still contribute to my college. And like I, you know, I'm not trying to, to, to knock Kenyan per se, but just, you know, they're, they're part of the general trend. It's not like they're an outlier in how much things have gone up mm-hmm. and in and in how the vibes of the money have changed. And actually, that does, <laughs> I think, segue into, I think we've got a few minutes left, and I just want to at least briefly touch on uh, the state of California. They uh, they created a commission to investigate the idea of providing reparations to uh, African-American residents. And uh, I think the logic uh, was to look at uh, residents of California who were descended from uh, 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 people who were, you know, freed or enslaved, uh, uh, African-Americans who were in this country by the end of the 19th century. So, uh, that's, uh, something like two and a half million people in the state of California. And there's a, I, I didn't have a chance to sort of really crunch the formula, but for example, they said somebody who's, you know, somebody uh, who's lived in California for decades and is, you know, retirement age, uh, qualifying for these reparations might get, you know, more than a million dollars in state money, just as a direct, here's money. We, and, and, and part of this also includes an apology for racism and oppression and, and, and other, the, the horrible crap that, that people have had to live through. And it's like, we're sorry, we were wrong. Here's a check. And I think that's really good. I think that's uh, that's a that's a great first step for the United States. I think there's a lot more we need to do. I want Massachusetts to do that, um, even though I know it'll. Northampton cost me is more looking in, at it. They, they, yeah, Northampton formed a commission. But I, you know, I said this while we were off the air, and I feel, in honesty, I have to say it again. And that is, I I I don't understand why people aren't talking about the same thing for the American you know, Native Americans. And it's I, just, we absolutely should. Yeah. And I think you were saying, Mike, that maybe because it's harder. Oh, it's much because harder. Because we took the we took the whole country from the Native Americans. And so, you know, if if you're gonna just do a real base analysis, we should give it back. Right. And including and, Ma- Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Well and and the um the the, the the tribes the first nations uh, you know i don't want to use the the wrong term because there's been enough you know racist nonsense dumped on uh american indians first nations people whatever term is you know best um but you know like they're still at least in theory many of them are still sovereign polities they are their own uh, nations or uh, some kind of political entity anyways. And uh, many of them have, you know, land that they still control, at least nominally, even if not actually. Uh, and uh, I may be confusing us with Canada, but I believe there are still areas that are quote unquote unceded territories. And that's just a whole different thing. Uh, as I remember, at least give them running, give them running water. I mean, well, this baseline. Well, I mean, at very least, let's not 
put oil pipelines through their their water supplies. Like, you know, that's what the whole Standing Rock protest was about. Like they're called water yep. protectors because they're like, hey, aside from the whole this is sacred to us thing, which, you know, I I, I don't want to denigrate, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an atheist and a materialist. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that matters to you. And I don't want to say that's unimportant, but it's also your drinking water and, you know, without it, you'll die. So like, that's pretty important. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you know, the Dakotas are named for the Dakota people who are part of the Lakota slash Sioux peoples. I I honestly don't know exactly how all that works out. And I should because I I know people there. But uh, regardless, you know, the idea that like, hey, we're the Dakota people. We'd like the Dakotas back, please, isn't an absurd thing for them to say. you know, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think the United States would ever agree to it. But it's it's a it's certainly not a, an overreach to say you have to give us back the Dakotas and the right of the right of return. Right, exactly. It's 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 Just the same like kind of Palestine. thing. Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's something we'll definitely there'll definitely be more to talk about especially as the state of California actually can you know brings it to their legislature and maybe votes on it because it won't happen until it's been passed into law so that's plenty of time but anyway uh, that's going to do it for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio coming up next is subculture followed by table of contents at 10 and then okay Asia at midnight we've got a repeat broadcast Monday afternoon at 4 p.m and a podcast will be on all the services starting tomorrow morning so listen to us all over again. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.